Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Rachel Weaver. She is the founder and owner of Cloud9 Marketing. How are you doing today, Rachel? I'm doing great, Brad. I'm so happy to be here and talking with you. Well, thank you so much for making and taking the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here. And I'm honored and, and happy to have you here and to learn more about what you're doing. So thank you. I appreciate you. So as mentioned, you are the founder and owner of Cloud9 Marketing. You are a copywriter who has taken a unique approach by blending your copywriting Mm -hmm. skill set with human design. And last but certainly not least, you're a mother. It's a very interesting and unique amalgamation of skill sets to create a business such as this. How long has Cloud9 Marketing been in existence? So... It's been, I would say, three years since I like formally started Cloud9 Marketing, and it actually started as like Facebook ads. But if you know anything about human design, I'm a manifesting generator, and so I have a lot of different passions. I just kind of bounce around a lot and doing lots of different things. Education is an architecture. I have oh, wow. a photography business for yeah for well over ten years. I'm still doing the photography. And for me, business has always been about just kind of stretching myself and doing things that I know I'm going to grow. Yeah. And so it started out as Facebook ads, but now it has morphed into something that I'm really, really proud of in blending human design and copywriting so that people can understand who they are and communicate what it is they're here to do right. uh, in a really clear, easy to understand way. So can I assume then that you you did some copywriting before making the jump into entrepreneurship? Oh, yeah. And oh, how, yeah. <laughs> well, how long did you work as a, as a copywriter then? So writing is kind of always, I mean, in photography, I had to learn how to talk to people and how right. to write caption, things like that, right? Yeah. Like that was very informally learning. And then realizing Facebook ads that I, the part that I liked about Facebook ads was the writing, the copy right. part of it. And really dove in and became a study to copy and took courses and did all the things, but still wasn't happy with the direction of it. It was like you check a bunch of boxes and then you're going to sell something. And it felt very dehumanizing. It didn't bring in the piece of who we truly are and what we're here to do. And I really do think that the world of marketing is changing where we need to be presenting our own authentic selves in order to sell authentically. I think that's a reason a lot of women struggle with selling is that they were told that there's a certain way to do it. And that way doesn't feel right. It doesn't set well with people. Yeah. And so by bringing in the human design aspect of it, it allowed people to actually show up and be authentic as themselves and know that like who they are is enough. Right. right. And that's what really drew me to blending the two okay. and all manifesting generators. Like if you can, all the passions that you have, if you can blend them in a way 
that really allows people to like skip a step or achieve something in a new and unique way, like that's, that's your zone of genius. So how did you begin to get involved in human design then? It was just a, like one of those kind of personality, it's not a personality test, but it's like one of those tools to learn more about yourself. And it was the first one that really validated how I was feeling okay. and things that was like, oh my gosh, like the whole multi-passionate person yeah. that I am, I used to like get so hung up on the fact that I'm like, why can't I just commit to something? Why can't I just like, just go well in the BL in and, like, yeah. and be satisfied with that? And I just couldn't. And there's just a part of me that was, it felt like it was dying if I just did the same thing over and over and over and over. Right. And human design explained that to me in a really clear way that nothing else has ever explained. Wow. Um, so that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Can you really- explain for those who might not know? what human design is all about. Yeah. So human design was, I guess, downloaded by a guy named Ra Uru. And he basically, it's accumulation of astrology, the chakra system, gates and channels, and it like brings all these different systems together into one system. So it's based off your date, birth date and time. And it really shines a light on how your energy works and how your energy interacts with the world. And so it can tell you how you best make decisions. It can tell you how to trust your intuition. And it really just shows you who you are to be in this world. Like you can take it and make it your own. It's not a box that it's putting you in, but it's allowing you to, I guess it's the intuition piece, right? Like it's yeah. it allowed me to really go, okay, that is my intuition. That really is, I really can trust it, right? So what inspired then, how did you come up with the idea to merge your skill set of copywriting and human design together to create the business you've created? That's kind of an interesting journey as well. I was kind of doing it with clients in kind of a backward way. And I obviously did it for myself. I, I kind of was like, oh, I should really do this because that's like how my energy works in human design. And it was a business coach that suggested, she's like, why are you not claiming this? Why are you not really putting your stamp on what you're doing. So she was like, oh yeah, I should, I really should. And that's kind of when I came out as like, this is what I'm doing. I'm blending human design and copywriting. Okay. Now you are the founder creator of copy by design, the copy by design method. Can you explain what that's all about? So that's the method that I understood and created by looking at your human design chart and what you do and then combining it. So have you heard of USP, right? Your unique selling point. Yeah. And you have this accumulation of like who you are, what your talents and gifts are, and then it differs depending on who you talk to. But I think then it's also then your ideal clients hesitations and what their desires are. Right. And the center of all that is your unique selling point. And human design fits in that where it's like, it's showing you, what your gifts are in terms of like how your energy works. And then you blend in your own experiences, what you've learned, what you've done, and then meeting your clients where they're at. And that's really what we're doing inside the copy by design method. We're looking at what your energy does and we're looking at your experiences and we're looking at your ideal client and we're finding that place where everything meets. Now, I read that you want to help spiritual entrepreneurs create their soul aligned message that attracts ideal clients without shouting into a black hole. 
That's some pretty interesting messaging. What <laughs> facilitated that message to be the focus of your business? Human design. <laughs> <laughs> so really like I, your soul's message is really coming out through your human design chart. So it's through your throat chakra and the gates and channels that are defined. Um, you have undefined and defined channels and okay. the defined channels are the ones that you have access to consistently. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's themes. Like if we were to look at your chart, then we, we could look at themes and you could say, well, this is something that comes up in your life all the time. And you'd be like, yeah, it does. Yeah. And that's the piece that you really need to be talking more about. And then talking in a black hole, that is a lot of, so there's five types in human design and projectors. I was really honestly speaking to projectors in that is that they feel like they're talking to avoid, like you put a post out there and nobody comments right? They're constantly almost feel like they're shouting um, about what they do. And then no one's responding. And it's because that they're, they're going out and with the wrong energy, they're trying to be a manifester. They're trying to be a generator when Mm -hmm. that's not how their energy works. Okay. So that's really where it came from. (laughs) Right. Okay. So you've said that you're a fierce advocate for women using their voices for change. Mm -hmm. Why is this so personally important to you? I think for me, I mean, I think all women feel like their voice doesn't necessarily matter that they Mm. kind of shrink because they feel like their desire isn't, it needs to take a backseat to someone else's. And I know that's not what I want to teach my daughter. And it's something like, I feel like I still am working on myself, but for women to truly own what it is they're here to do is so powerful because if you have that confidence, if you have the energy behind what you are truly here to do and you go out and you do it, imagine if all women did that, yeah. where would we be? Where would the world be? Well, I think right? we'd be leaps ahead um, of where we are now. <laughs> yeah, I totally think so too. Like we, we need to own our voice and not shrink because we yeah. think it, we're too much or we think we're you know, it's not worthy or we think that it's not important enough. Stop thinking small. Yeah. Stop thinking so small. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to assume here that your business is probably solely focused on working with and helping women, correct? Yes. Yeah, solely. Every now and then a guy will kind of find his way in. I'm not opposed <laughs> to working with men by any means. Yeah. I did not set out to work only with women. I just... I, I don't know. I just have a connection, maybe because I am a woman, um, to mm-hmm. working with women and they're just, I resonate so, so much more deeply with what they have to say. Right. It just organically happened. Yeah. Yeah. Has writing always been a part of your life? If so, what inspired mm-hmm. you to start writing? Yes and no. Okay. I feel like I've always been a unique writer. I had a professor in college say, she goes, you don't write like anyone else, but that's a good thing. Uh, oh, okay. And I wrote a lot in photography and was very more in a poetic sense. I wrote for photography and blog posts and was more poetic. I just wanted to share more of my heart, I guess. And that's why I would write what I wrote. Writing the stuff that I'm doing now is more conversion copy. So it's it's writing to really showcase what it is that you do so people want to buy it. Yeah. So it's a very different form of writing but still very creative and it still allows me to really have to think about 
all the words that go into it, right? All the words, well, why would somebody want to buy your, your thing and what's holding them back? And are you sharing everything that you need to be sharing or are you sharing too much mm-hmm. and really thinking through the whole process of writing in a very different way than I used yeah. to. What lights you up or excites you the most about the work that you do? I think helping people discover that middle ground, that place where they can be themselves and share their experience and their gifts and have it be exactly what their ideal client needs, right? It's meeting them, everybody in the middle and having that light bulb moment go off where they're like, I get to be me. I get to share who I am and share my gifts and people want it. That means that the, like there's purpose here. There's something bigger than me here. Yeah. I want to go back to where we were talking about not playing small for women and women having their voices heard and speak a little bit about that in that vein. So I come from a corporate background um, and I've seen even still now in this, in this day and age, 2021, the whole 1940s old boys club mentality bullshit that still exists in the corporate world. And I mean, not just the corporate world, it exists everywhere. But the fact that women are still fighting for those positions at the boardroom table and women still aren't being paid for doing equally for doing the same job as their male counterparts. I think we're starting to see a shift in mindset with a lot more women in terms of making the trek and taking the jump into entrepreneurship because they're tired of that same old bullshit, I think, of not being appreciated, not being able to get to where they want to be and where they deserve to be in these corporations. What are your thoughts on the whole landscape? I mean, you being an entrepreneur yourself, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses? And are you seeing a shift in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship? And if so, why do you think that is? Oh, good questions. I think there's definitely more women jumping into entrepreneurship, but I also think that the majority of them don't make nearly as much money as they could for nearly as much impact as they could. And even myself included, I feel like I'm just starting to tap the surface of it. Mm -hmm. And I, again, made myself small for a long time. Right. And there's a big mindset shift between going from corporate to entrepreneurship and you have to be able to own your gifts, own your expertise, own your worth, or you will be stuck in like not being able to make any money, even as an entrepreneur. Right. And uh, I was, I'm actually reading the book, We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel. Oh, I can't think of her last name, but it's, We Should All Be Millionaires. And she talks about this of like, we have to start saying, I am worth this much money. I have yeah. expertise. I'm you know, they, I see so many women going, I can't charge that much. Yeah. I can't like, you know, but they're shrinking their own expertise and you have to be able to flip it and go, well, what actually are you providing for your, your client? Are you providing them like a client today? She's a realtor. And we're talking about her mentoring other realtors. And I was like, well, what is it worth to you to have someone, if you were only a year or two into your business, really take your hand and show you how to create a successful legacy business. Right. She's like, Oh, it's everything. She goes, when you put it like that, like, yeah, <laughs> oh, like, that's, that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Flip the script. So it's flipping the script. It's, it's a mindset in that like, no, I have expertise to share and it's worth money. Yeah. And that that's a hard one for a lot of women to make. And I see it's probably the biggest thing that's 
you know, you get into entrepreneurship and you think you're going to make all this money, but you still, it's a mindset shift. If you're not making that shift, then it's going to flatline. So what are your thoughts then on how women can continue to push through and continue to break down these ridiculous barriers and ways of thinking? I think you have to become aware of your own thoughts and you have to become aware of like the things that you're telling yourself, things that you're telling yourself when you face challenges, as well as what the things that you're telling yourself when things go right. Yeah. Are you, if you have a big win, are you blaming it on a fluke or are you saying, oh, that was just a fluke? Yeah. Or are you going, yeah, like look at the hard work that I did and this is where it got me. Celebrate those wins. Um, yeah, celebrating wins. And I'm just as terrible about this as well. And myself, I'm not celebrating those wins, but even like making a board and saying every time you have a big win like that, whether it's like with a client or in your own business, like making a sticky note and putting it on there. So you have a visual representation of the work that you're doing and the good that you're doing. And, you know, taking the challenges and going and turning them into it's not something, it's not, it doesn't mean that your business won't be successful or it, it doesn't mean that you, what you're doing isn't right. It's, it's a challenge and you can turn that challenge into the best thing that ever happened to you, or it can be the worst thing that ever happened to you. It's, it's your choice. Mindset. Yeah. Oh, so much mindset. I think the biggest thing when you're first getting started, it's all mindset. Oh, it for has sure. nothing to do with strategy. Stra- yeah. Strategy comes in when you're like making making some money yeah. right? and you're trying to scale and there's still some mindset maybe in that as well. But like initially it like, that's what I see with every single mind. It's all mindset. For yeah. sure. What drives or motivates and inspires you to keep going, to keep pushing and excelling that all, at all that you do? I think I just can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I have to keep going in even like all the different iterations of my own businesses. Like I can't not do it. I can't not try. I can't not stop. It's just, it's something inside of me that keeps pushing me forward, no matter what challenges or whatever I face. Like I just, I can't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Drive. I love it. So what would you say then is your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Would it be that same thing? Your drive? I would say it's drive, but it's also being able to understand what you're trying to say and say it in a clearer way. That really is something that I honed a talent that maybe was, or it was always been there, but it's been honed and refined and being able to take what you think you do and package it into a way that is clear for your ideal clients so that they understand what you do and want to buy from you. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? That's a loaded question. I feel like I used to think success was six figures a year. And like, that's what made you successful. If you were like making a lot of money, I think now my definition of success is more, are you able to live the life that you want and live in the places that you want and have the time to do other things outside of your business that you want. That I think is success, not necessarily like how much money your business makes. Yeah. So often people associate success with monetary value for sure, or having Mm -hmm. the corner office or attaining that position at a company. Yeah. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? To turn any challenge into an asset. 
I like that. That anything, yeah, that any challenge, you can turn it into the best thing to propel your business forward. But it's all about how you look at it and how you get around the challenge, I guess. <laughs> Again, mindset, right? That's oh. mindset's a piece mm-hmm. of that puzzle. Mm-hmm. It yeah. all comes back to mindset always. <laughs> it's such a huge part of everything Mm -hmm. what makes you feel inspired or like your best self Rachel when I can get out in nature and get sunshine sunshine in nature and I feel like me what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life and what was your life like before learning it and what was your life like after learning it I think it's the the best piece of advice turning any challenge into an asset prior to really understanding that I would take challenges as it was a negative on my own self-worth. Like I was facing this challenge and it was because of a bad choice before, right? That I got here because I didn't do it right before. And that's why I was facing a challenge. Instead of now looking at a challenge of like, okay, there's a challenge here. How can I turn this into something that actually propels my business forward instead of taking it down. Right. And I think now I look at my business in such a different way. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I look at my, any challenge, like if we're facing a parenting challenge where our daughter is having emotional trouble or dealing with her own emotions, like instead of meaning that I'm a bad parent, looking at it like, okay, I got to help her work through this and right. how, what needs to happen and what do I need to learn in this process and how can I help her grow in this process too? Excellent. What does the word empowerment mean to you? That's such a big word in like coaching. It's a very <laughs> <I know. laughs> big word. In copy, I like try to steer people away from that word <laughs> because it has so many different meanings for different people. Yeah. Empowerment for me, it just means that I know who I am. And I am confident in what I have to say. And it doesn't matter like what anyone else thinks. That's empowerment to me. Love that. Rachel, what's your personal motto? Ooh, I don't know if I have one. <laughs> motto. Um, maybe just be yourself, which yeah. I'm still learning even who I am. But that's really what I want for my kids too. I just want them to be confident in who they are and that they don't have to change anything to make it to impress anyone or to succeed in life. Yeah. The self work is a, an ongoing process. I don't think that journey ever ends. It's constant through life because we're all going to have those days where we don't feel confident in ourselves or we don't feel good about ourselves and that's okay. And I think that's a big part of it is realizing that it's okay to have those days. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We all still have those days. I do. <laughs> yeah. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? Oh, where would I put it? I think I'd put a billboard outside of a school, any schools, all schools, and that said, hmm, what would it say? Think about like being yourself. That's all that matters. No one's actually like judging you, they're judging themselves. Yeah. We're going to jump into a rapid fire section here now. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three word answer type things. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Driven. What would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? Always happy and always like inspiring them to 
do their best. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Be yourself. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? Time with my family. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? I would want people to be more accepting of other people's opinions and thoughts and understand and compassion for someone else's story. Entrepreneur life is? A roller coaster. (laughs) That's for damn sure. Mom life is? Ah, challenging. (laughs) (laughs) But really good. (laughs) What's your favorite stress-reducing activity? Being outside in nature and in the sun. So if I can sit in the hammock and read a book in the sun. I see a theme there too. Mm-hmm. Sunshine and nature. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's the first thing you notice about a person? How they carry themselves. Do they feel confident or do they seem to shrink? That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Uh, I think my grandma probably on my mom's side. She's a very fierce, independent woman. She's married three times. Um, wow. Three kids with one husband, three kids with another cousin. Yeah. And I mean, she was born in 1928 and died at the age of 90. So, I mean, she was doing the things when that wasn't the thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she was very take no shit kind of. <laughs> I love it. Trailblazer. <laughs> yeah, she really was. Yeah. That's awesome. What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? I think honestly, COVID, to be totally honest, like I always wanted to live in the mountains, but my husband is an architect and worked in the cities. And prior to COVID, like was going to the office every day, Right. he didn't want to commute. It didn't make sense to live an hour away from the office and COVID changed all of that. Uh, he's been working from home since lockdown of you know March of 2020. Yeah, And so it, it, we moved, we did, we picked up and we moved and it's been fantastic. Love, love living up here. Um, there certainly has been a lot of silver linings, a lot of amazing things that have come out of this horrible situation, yeah. because of course there's been a lot of terrible things too, a lot of loss and job loss and financial and human yeah. life and all that other stuff. But there's been a hell of a lot of good that's come out of it too, for sure. Yeah, and I think and we I think need to going- take more notice of that and appreciate that instead of looking at the negative side of it. Totally. And and it goes back to that, like facing a challenge. Are you going to turn it into something beautiful? Are you going to let it take you down with fear and anxiety? So we decided to embrace all and make it the best thing that ever happened. Well, good for you guys. I think that's very admirable and amazing that you did that. Rachel, what does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? best version of me is someone who is not uh, swayed by the emotions going on around me, that I am calm and can help others see the calm within their own storm. The best version of me is someone who's confident and compassion towards someone else's story what would you say is the most entrepreneurial thing about you that i could literally never work for anyone else (laughs) (laughs) you've crossed over that's it there's no going back 
there's no going back. I tried like a year ago. I kind of work, was working, trying to fill in some gaps and was working for somebody else writing copy. And I was like, it lasted like two weeks. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Just couldn't do it. Could not do it. I was like, my, this is not worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? A growth mindset, a mentor, somebody that has been down the path that uh, can help you. And so they're where you want to be. They can help guide you and knowing what your expertise is. Wherewithal, the awareness. And again, it goes back to mindset. Yeah. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't beat yourself up for every time you pivot. It's going to be okay. Excellent. It all comes together. Yeah. Like you eventually, like hindsight's 2020, right? Like it, all the pieces come together. For sure. Can't always see before yeah lastly if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world what would that last 30 seconds sound like what would you what would you leave the world with what would you impart onto the world what would you say have compassion for people we the fact that we can all have different opinions and different thoughts and beliefs and values is a good thing quit thinking everybody needs to be the same because that would be a really boring world That's for sure. Thank you so much, Rachel, for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us. I appreciate you making and taking the time. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and it's been very educational. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brad. This has been great. (laughs) Love it. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Rachel Weaver. She is the owner and founder of Cloud9 Marketing. Thank you so much, Rachel. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You guys too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.